motherhood is about a lot of things. Mostly, it's about rolling with the punches and just trying to stay above water. It's about relearning how to exist as the person you were and the person you are now, and somehow finding a way to balance and be both. It's about feeling so full of gratitude to have created this person, while also having many, many moments of needing nothing more than a break. One where no one is asking for you or yelling your name or even touching you. Just silence, alone. It's also about realizing that what you thought would be so important isn't, and the things you didn't even think would matter are what you focus on. Motherhood is about being turned upside down a hundred times and then being set down and told to go. You'll stumble and fall, but you won't have any choice but to get back up and figure things out day by day, moment by moment. You are more for this, and on your worst days, when you feel like you failed every little thing, give yourself some love and space, and know that you're doing the very best you can, and your little one or little ones, honest to God, look up to you through all of it. The good, the bad, the frustrating, the scary, they literally see you as a superwoman, and that's because you are. 20 seconds high of silence before I'm told to play again. Awesome, Mom. Oh, it does. What is that? This. Where is it? Where is it? Uh, your mama did. A mama did it? Ah. Uh. No, I don't think so, mister. Oh, does. I don't know where it went. I can help you look for it, but I didn't do it. Hey Siri, how many times can a two and a half year old say no in a day? Now, on the way here, I said, Audie, you were such a big boy. I know. Yeah, I know. Uh -huh. Oh, you smell so good. No. No. It's like you woke up. Yeah, Augie, are you woke? No. Are no. you shook? No. <laughs> say, I'm shook. No. No, you're not shook. Oh, pancakes. Pancakes. Turns out there is no calculation that I can depend on for how many times a two and a half year old says no in a day. So I googled it. Nothing came up except there are a lot of topics and um, alerts about why your toddler's no phase is so important and how to survive it. That's by today's parent. Two year old not listening? Try this remarkable tip. That's from The Military Wife and Mom. Another article is Toddlers and Twos, Parenting During the No Stage, and that's from Bright Horizons. So clearly, this is an epidemic from here to there to there to there, wherever we are, parents of two-and-a-half-year-olds, that stage. It's normal. You will get through it. Just take a deep breath, Mama. All right, all right, all right. It is time to talk about my mama. Her name is Leslie, and she is an absolute gem, an angel, a godsend, a lighthouse. She is my true north. Like that woman is, I get goosebumps, and I'm not, yes, Mother's Day is this weekend, and this whole episode is about moms because for that reason to honor that amazing and sacred title that 
moms have. But more than that, it is, I get these goosebumps because she is such an amazing person inside and out. If you have the pleasure of knowing my mom, I just want to smile and like hug you like me too. (laughs) Hashtag me too, but in a different way. Um, I know her too. Like, oh, she's amazing. She is so inspirational and so elegant and graceful and calm and patient and accepting. I mean, she embodies everything that a really, really, really good, natural, and and just beautiful mom is supposed to be. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to... There's like a little mix of questions um, specifically about moms. And I'm going to go ahead and just like randomly pick a couple before I look at them. Just shake it up and then let let them pop up and then answer the one that pops up. Um, so <laughs> hang, hang in there. Uh, this is going to be... I don't know what it's going to be to be honest. It could be it could be funny, it could be sad, it could be difficult to find the right answer. I mean, we're going to find out, but it could be all of those things as well. So, let's do it. Question number 1. What is it that your mom really wants to have? Hmm, okay. So, there's a couple things that come to mind. The first thing that came to my mind was a job that is customized to her personality in which she can do what she needs to do, which is to, to be blunt, kick ass, um, and take names. Cause that's, that is just her mojo at work. Um, and, but also a job that has, I, I want to say flexibility, but that's not right. Freedom. Freedom to be who she is and do what she needs to do. Like accountability to do the job and to get the results and to just bring her expertise and talents to the job, but the freedom for the rest of it to look like whatever it is she wants it to look like, which is whatever she needs at the time. It could be different from day to day. And and I have no doubt knowing her and her work ethic and her um, eagerness to find all the things in a job or in a task at hand that need bettered and then to do that find a better way I mean she's just she is one that you could hire and then let loose and say all I need to know is that you're going to get the job done what we agreed on whatever that may be and then the rest is just whatever you need it to be I think she would not only thrive, but she would just excel at that even more than she already does. And honestly, as I'm describing this, I think we all would. I know I would. Um, Not to make it about me or anyone else, but damn, that's something I think we as a society might need to look into or address or reconstruct is the modern job of the nine to five and the just okay so that's a whole other thing I can't even get into because now I'm like really interested and curious about that but yeah I think that that would be a big the biggest one that's the one that was like at the forefront when I read this question she needs the freedom to do what she needs to do because she's 
got so many interests, but you can always depend on her, you know, and she's very responsible, like in a, a way that is kind of annoying to me sometimes. That's how responsible she is. So, um, that freedom in her job, a job customized just for her. The other things I think she needs are sunshine like me. I think that she, and a lot of us really, I think that she's relatable in the way that everything I'm saying right now feels like something that I can see for all of us, but sunshine. So rain is fine. That's, that's cool. We need it. And sometimes it's like a nice break to have some rain, a rainy day, whatever. But if it's too many rainy days in a row or too many cold days in a row or too many days where there's no sun in a row, I don't, I don't think she does so well with that. And I think, so I think she needs sun. I think she needs interests, her interests and her hobbies and her friends are very much her life. She is a butterfly. I mean, that girl is everywhere all the time. And she is very good about scheduling her time, but she's also has packed her schedule to the point where there's like no free time at all. So I also, as I'm talking, I'm coming up with more answers, so bear with me. I think she would do really well with a little bit more free time that she couldn't schedule something else for because the thing about her is she's so thirsty like she just wants to do and to know and to get to know people and get all together all these experiences and to always be doing something and learning something and exploring something and while that's amazing and great I do think that if she had some more free time that she couldn't do anything with other than have alone time or quiet time or free time rest time whatever you want to label it I think she would do really well with a little bit of that sprinkled into her schedule. Talk about a time that you can now look back on and realize that your mom's strength was something to take note of. Okay, so I actually did take note of it at the time and I couldn't fathom how she was doing any of it at any point in time. But now that I look back on it, not only being older and more mature and having more life experience, but now that I have my own child and I've had, I've got my own two dogs and my dad, it's just like, this is crazy. Like I'm so trying not to cry right now. So there was a time I was, um, I was in seventh grade. I don't I don't remember if it was in the beginning, middle or end. I want to say it was towards middle to end, if that makes sense. And just it was kind of a shitstorm for my family. What happened was my mom lost her dad unexpectedly at the age of 56 to a heart attack. And what makes this worse is we were actually there somehow. I think it was like a family party or something. I, there, It's a little hazy, but we were there at the ER when he was still alive, but not really coherent or, you know, just having a heart attack. You can't really do anything. But at one point he grabbed my mom and pulled her close to him and he tried to take off his face mask and he started the oxygen mask. Uh, and he started to tell her something, and then he 
he died. And so I didn't know that at the time, but that just adds so much depth to the struggle of losing somebody is they were trying to tell you something and you, you'll never know what it was. And that's crazy to me. It's just so hard to know that she went through that. So sorry, I'm kind of tearing up a little bit, but I'm keeping it real, keeping it raw and vulnerable. That's what I do best. Okay. Um, so a little bit after that happened, um, she was in school at the time, which I feel like that woman is always in school because listen to the answer to the previous question. She just can't stop learning. And I love that about her. Like she is so amazing, but she was at school and it was my dad, myself and my sister at home. And at the time, um, it was a Wednesday, Brooke and I were not getting ready because we were still too young to like even know what that meant. Like get, I'm getting ready for this or I'm getting re- like we brushed our hair maybe if we were lucky and left. But we were about to be due like we were going to be leaving soon to go to youth group, which is like our family. They're still religious. Brooke and I not so much anymore, but you know, we used to go to youth group. I think at least once a week, sometimes more. And my dad was doing something in the garage or working or something. And our dog, Summer, who I rescued, and that girl is just mm, amazing. But that is a totally different episode because she is just so much importance to me that I can't even try to sum her or her impact on my life I can't sum it up in one episode at all. Like, that's not going to happen. But her name is Summer. She was a rescue. That's basically all you need to know right now. She was so loved by all of us. And my dad was doing something outside. I don't remember. But the thing about her is, for some reason, she was one of those dogs. I don't know if you've ever seen a dog or known a dog like this that like chased cars or like if they were in a car or a house and their a car or truck or any moving vehicle would drive by just go crazy barking and pawing at the window trying to get at it like as if it was a threat and it was a Schwann's truck and our house is the last house before a stop sign like this truck could not possibly have been going any faster than 15 miles an hour, which is like so weird to me. But she somehow got out through the garage door into the house that was left like a quarter parts open. My dad thought he would get back to it in time or he thought he shut it. I'm not sure. And she got out and she got hit right in front of her house. And our neighbor friend, who was really close to us at the time, she was literally, I'm laughing and crying at the same time, like one of my favorites, but not currently. Um, she came running over in a t-shirt and underwear, and this is in the middle of the day, like maybe 4, 4.15 at the latest. She came running over in t-shirt and underwear, and like everyone was devastated because they knew, like, this is not okay, like... This family is obsessed with dogs. 
this isn't gonna this is not gonna be okay they need us and summer was still alive and my dad stayed with her and held her and she finally left and Brooke and I, I don't even know how the hell we did this I think like we both had the switch where we can just like trauma like we got to turn it off and then do what we got to do to get through the day. So we went to youth group, which looking back, I'm thinking there is no, there is no way in hell you could get me to move from that spot. But somehow we did. Um, and I'll never forget, we got home after being away from my dad for a little bit, which he cried. That was the first time I saw him cry. The first time I remember seeing him cry. And my mom comes home with her little backpack and her lunchbox. And and she's like, where's Summer? Blah, blah, blah. And she's just like, what's going on? And we were so somber. And I'll never forget my dad sitting her down and telling her what happened. And she took it with grace. I mean, she cried and she showed all of her feelings but she, and but she was so strong for me because that was my girl and looking back it, I cannot imagine losing my dad and then a, a favorite pet like who in our family pets are not not pets they are literally a part of the family they are our sisters our brothers our sons our daughters they just are and I don't know how to explain that or and and I don't want to sound group I don't care if you don't get it it's just the way it is I don't know it any other way so for her to take that after getting home from school all day after working all day after recently losing her dad and to give me comfort and to be there for me is just mind-blowing and it's that's something that has never left me. I've I remember looking at her and I remember that I have the visual of her walking in the hallway with her school bag and all of her highlighters and all of those things. And I remember us leading her to the table and just every moment and the whole time, yeah, there was grief, yeah, there was sorrow, but her strength was so strong. And it was just the current that kept us together, kept me together. And I will never forget that day and what her strength means to me. So after that last one, I needed a little bit of a break. And I also was praying and hoping for a more uplifting, fun, memorable moment with my mom. And that was delivered because the next question that popped up was, share some of your favorite funny memories with your mom. Where do I start? Uh, She's got a sense of humor that is quiet. Until you know her. And then it is just like full on life. And the one that's, that like stood out the most or wanted out first is how her and myself and my cousin Logan, who at the time 
was around Augie's age, and he was my my go like he was my bait like he was my best friend. As weird as this might sound, I was sixteen, and he was one one and a half at the latest two. And that boy was my life. Like I freaking loved him. I still do. Like he is. There's a connection there, and I don't even know how to explain it. But I would take care of him when Jody and Shane were on vacation, and when they weren't, and they were at home and perfectly capable and happy to take care of their little boy. I would show up and be like, "Okay, we're going to have an adventure. Bye." Um, also, I'll probably keep him overnight. And they let me do it at 16. And I'll never, like, I have so much thanks for both of them, which is another thing I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to send them a little note because they gave me full freedom with their son, their firstborn, mind you. And it wasn't like a, like a, we don't care about him situation. Like, they loved him dearly. They still do. But they understood for whatever reason that I needed to be with him but okay so I'm getting sidetracked and I am so sorry it's just he is so important to me um so we would go to Walmart well Logan and I would on our own but I'm talking about the times we would go with my mom so (laughs) so funny so old school Walmart like there's no self-checkout you walk in and there's like all these cash registers in there. So like halfway in between the cash registers is where he thought it would be so funny to like trip her and she fell over and land and she got up and started laughing so hard. Like there was like, it felt like a minute of silence. It was probably two and a half seconds max, three at the most. And she was laughing so hard that everyone around, people who didn't even see what happened were laughing. Like belly laughing. The laughing you do when you are just so content with life and just it's hilarious what you're looking at. I'll never forget that. It's one of our favorite memories, Logan and mine. Um, I'd like to think it's my mom's favorite, but I know it's probably... Probably not because she was tripped in the middle of Walmart, but she took it like the queen she is and made the most of it. And I will never forget that. Another fun memory is when my sister and I were coming home from school, we rode the bus and the bus would stop. There was a a stop sign right at our house And then there was another one down the street from us, not far at all. Like there was our house, another house, and then another stop sign. So there were two stop signs close together. And the bus would pull up to the second one and let a shit ton of kids out. At least that's what it feels like. And I remember as soon as we turned that corner onto our street, we could see our mom and dad sitting together on a trampoline. Next thing I know, as soon as they realized that was us, they got up faster than fast and just started jumping and going crazy and doing flips and getting so excited. And we were like, what the heck? What is this? And everyone on the bus was like, oh my gosh, what are they doing? Like it was a huge, it was the scene for us at the time on that side of the bridge at that age. 
it was the talk of the town. And come to find out, they had decided to get us a trampoline. I was obsessed with gymnastics. P.S. Secret. I still am. But I was obsessed with gymnastics. And they thought, like, you know, this will be a great way for them to have fun and have friends over and have fun. And then Brooke can practice her routines, which I will tell you right now, the amount of practice that I put in to that single trampoline is insane. It was definitely money well spent, which they weren't concerned about. They wanted us to have fun. And fun we had. I mean, everyone was so pumped up. The whole neighborhood. That night, like, as soon as they were excused um, from the table or from their homework or whatever from their parents, everyone was at our house that night. Which is, growing up, something I always pictured was people coming and going, like, constantly. Never a dull moment. And so, yeah, that was the second memory that came up for me. For the last question, I actually decided to instead share a moment with my mother-in-law because she is a bomb-ass mom. This one is stronger than strong. If you think of the word strong, look it up. Look up any strong diction in any dictionary. Look up the word strong look up its synonyms, it does not compare to Denise. She is so important to my life. She was always important. As soon as I met JC, like she was there accepting, trying out gluten-free recipes when she had never done it before. And she felt vulnerable. I know she did because she told me she did. She said, I I don't know how good it's going to taste. This is my first time. But she never stopped. And it tasted good the first time. But in her defense, her effort to keep going and keep trying and keep pushing forward with gluten-free uh, desserts has paid off. Because goddamn, that woman can cook. She gives life to a lot of people. Um, but aside from that, I want to share, I have a lot of memories with her that mean so much to me. Aside from the fact that my husband, my partner in life, was raised by her and is the man that he is because of her. Oh, here's another crying section because I cannot handle her not knowing how much I appreciate her effort and her her work and those years those early years what are the those are the hardest years they're so hard and she did not even I guarantee I wasn't there I feel like I was I wasn't but it feels like she just was like this is it like she didn't even think about any other option than pushing through and raising two phenomenal human beings who are every day changing this world and making it better for so many people. And I am, and her too. Oh, I just can't say enough about her. I'm just so glad that she is a part of my life because of JC. 
So my favorite memory of her and the one that is not only my favorite but most important to me is after my son's birth, which birth is kind of like a a strong suggestion because he wasn't so much birth as he was just like, got to get this kid out. We got to do this. We have to do this. Like we got to get moving. And it was a lot for everyone, including me. I mean, there was no one that was not surprised, even the doctors, like there were no signs of anything, which that is absolutely a hundred percent, not only one episode, probably three, but she was there the entire time. And I will never forget the night I was transferred to the ICU. I was so scared. I remember waking up and I saw my mom rubbing my feet and my, and my arms and just like, just like trying to like comfort me, which I wasn't feeling pain at the time, but I so get it as a mom. And I will never forget her face. That's I woke up, I opened my eyes, and I saw her face, and it was so full of worry, and I was like, what is wrong? That's the first thing I said was, what happened? Is Augie okay? And she immediately freaked out and was like, oh my gosh, no, he's okay, he's okay, he's okay, he is strong, he is breathing, like that kid, he is totally in the clear. He never was an issue. And I... Looking back, I can realize now that that face that she had when I woke up was her looking at me as her daughter, her child, with the same worry I would have looking at Augie or another, like any child I have. It would be that face if they were in trouble. And so later that night, I I remember telling my mom, do you hear that? And and she did, and she called the nurses, which turns out they were already in the middle of transferring me to the ICU. But I could feel, like, as I was breathing in, I could feel water. Like, I was literally drowning on the inside because of the fluids they had to give me and the blood, the plasma. I mean, it was just a lot. And my body couldn't keep up, and I remember... Like, I, every time I breathed, it was, like, gurgling. Like, I was, it was, like, like, I was slipping away into a pond, but without the pond. It was, the pond was inside of me. It was really strange. And until that point, I had been very sedated and very, like, I knew the gist of what was going on, but I couldn't be touched because of the pain meds. Or maybe, I, I mean, maybe I knew what was going on. I'm not sure, but... I couldn't be affected or worried or scared. Like, I just knew, like, overwhelming peace. It was going to be okay. However, I had not met my son yet. And that was killing, like, straight up, like, it was killing me. That was day three. And I still hadn't met, I mean, even now I'm rubbing my face, like trying to comfort myself because I I can go right back there at the snap of a finger. Something was up. I knew it. No drug, no pain meds can hide that fact. But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm like, can I just see my son? Can someone bring him to me? Can, can I go see him? But no, because... We were lucky enough that his lungs were formed 
enough for him to be in an like an enclosed incubator without steroids, without anything, which is amazing. But there was no way that I could meet him. And that was devastating. So one night they get me to the ICU. They're trying for over an hour to get a new IV in, which at that point I'm physically and literally drowning from the inside out. So good luck. I have the best veins ever. To this day, I kind of, it still makes me mad. Something about that moment in my experience is just so, I get so angry. And finally, I'm like, can you stop? Can we just use the IV you have? They're like, well, it's not ideal. I don't care what's ideal at this point. Like, can you just do it? Because I'm drowning. And I swear, I said this out loud. I guarantee you I didn't. It was all in my head. But finally, whatever I was saying in my head with enough emotion, they understood or they came to the same conclusion, whatever, all the same. And they decided to just stick with the IV I had. But that night, I had, they gave me a little button to click and they told me, don't pick your nose because I had had... Um, bleeding on my legs from the pumps to keep my so that I wouldn't have a blood clot and they dried my skin out and I kept itching itching them and then it would bleed and then because of help syndrome I would not stop bleeding and then that night I also had a bloody nose that was gushing and would not stop so finally it clotted So we get to the ICU, they get me settled, all that jazz. My mom and dad go home. Denise and JC are in the same room, like on this little baby bench. That's not meant for like new dads and new grandmas at all. And they stay there. And I remember somebody telling me right before they left that if I improved, I would get to meet Augie the next day. Well, to Denise's dismay, I fucking hung, I literally, like, that was a life, lifesaver in the ocean, and the waves were going crazy, and I fucking found it, grabbed onto it, wrapped my body around it, and you could not pry me off of that if you tried. I fully believed I was going to see Augie the next day, and finally meet my baby. Well... Uh, spoiler alert, I did not. That was still two days before I met him. But Denise stayed up with me in my pain, in my transitioning from whatever I was in before to ICU. I mean, you feel like that would be more pain met. It wasn't. Or maybe I was just getting better. Either way, that shit was crazy. Like, I would, I don't think I slept more than... 10 minutes max, all put together the whole night. Not consecutive, but the whole night. And the one person who was there, for every time they heard me go, or or grab the railings, or start asking a question, thinking that someone was in the room, or start getting excited and talking about Augie, it was Denise, every time. She would come up to the railing, 
because I had a railing up and I had these pads up in case I had a seizure. And she would come up and overpass all of that, all of the boundaries, and grab hold of me and made me feel anchored. And she would let me either ask her questions and she not only would listen to it, she would answer that, which is a that's above and beyond. It really is. But she would also let me talk about whatever I was worried about at the moment. And she would keep me from picking my nose, which I'm not going to lie, I did actually. And I got both scabs out just enough to breathe because I physically could not breathe. But she was my guardian angel that night. And that is one of the turning points in my life that I'll never forget. And she will forever be the staple of that night. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Mamas to be, mamas who had to let go through adoption, mamas who are blessed because of adoption, mamas of miscarriage, mamas who have the heart but can't get pregnant. Mamas away from home, babysitters, daycare, nannies, au pairs, mamas of fur babies, mamas of angel babies. You are all honored and celebrated this weekend and all of the days. Who run the world? Girls, moms specifically. Mm-hmm.